Tor. Amen. The soul and its influence. We'll start over again because I don't feel like adding the other out. Uh, we're going to do chapter 1 of section 3 on page 183 of Derek Hashem. Derek Hashem, if you can, get the book. I really appreciate it. Uh, we also want to make sure we welcome those people that are joining us live from different parts of the country. And um, it really is a blessing to know that you join us each week. If you have questions, make sure you post them up on the Facebook page or the live stream channel. On page 183, it starts off like this. As we have already discussed, there is one way in which a man is different from any else that is created. He is a combination of two different diverse elements, namely the soul and the body, or the body and the soul. Now, what makes us different than, than the animals and what makes us alike with animals? Can someone say? Who can tell me? You guys are smart. Right? So we have speech and intellect. How about the issue of the soul? Does, do animals and other parts of creation have souls? They have a, an animal fish. They have a nefesh, right? So they have an animal soul. It, and we could probably even go as far as just about everything in creation has, has its own type of soul, right? It has its own purpose. That soul is actually its purpose. And that soul is the purpose of that, that part of creation. That plant that has a soul has that part of creation. I think it was Jeff and I, was it last week? Sunday. Sunday we, we were watching a YouTube video of these plants that they had hooked electrodes to. I don't know if you've seen this. And they run it through a synthesizer, and the plant's electrical uh, voltage that is going through it plays music on this synthesizer. Yes, and they can sit around this plant and meditate and, and do like positive imagery type things, and the plant will actually begin to uh, uh, send out music that is, that is keyed off of what people are thinking and what they're saying. You can go up and touch the plant, and it will change its sound to something else. And they say it takes the plant quite some time to realize that it's producing the vibrations. I don't understand how that works, but we know there's a, there is a, a Kabbalistic idea that all of creation, all the plants, all the trees, they actually communicate with each other. And what are they communicating with? They, they're communicating on a system that's totally different than our, our system, but there's a soul in them. What is that soul? That soul is a soul that helps them to complete their purpose. Now, what makes us like all of creation? We also have a nefesh. The nefesh in us is the thing that gives us our purpose and life. But we have one more element that's higher than that. And what is that element? Neshama, right? The neshama, right? That neshama in us is, is, uh, helps to animate, animate the nefesh and the body, if that makes sense. The neshama helps to bring its ultimate purpose. And as a result of this, the in, uh, intelligence of the different animal species is very great and the intellect of man, however, is, is very different from that of an animal. As a result of the animal soul following its natural character, as well as the readiness of the instruments that serve it, these are ver turn very. Uh, these in turn vary in each one of the species. So, um, an elephant has different abilities. A kangaroo has different abilities. 
Uh, even different plant life has its different abilities. Uh, matter of fact, someone the other day told me we had flies in the kitchen after barbecuing, and they said, you ought to get some Venus fly traps. And I'm thinking, ah, it's a joke. And they're like, no, it really works really well. And there's actually, you know, go to Walmart and buy a Venus fly trap and put it in there, and it, its purpose is to consume insects that fly in it and its, uh, its little mouth. It's amazing. It says, as a result, the animal soul, following its natural character, as well as the readiness of the instruments that serve it, these, in turn, vary with each individual species. In man's animal soul, certain attributes and faculties can be so distinguished. These include imagination, memory, intelligence, and will. All of these are fac- all these faculties contained in this animal soul, each one having its own particular uh, domain and unique function. So even within man, their nishamas has its own purpose and function. Uh, I know that we hear a lot uh, in society, it's not even just in the religious world, but in society in, in general, uh, we, ha- we challenge young people to find their purpose in life, right? We challenge them to find out what their talents are and what they can do well. It is in- it's very interesting that not everybody has the same characteristics and abilities as another person. Some people have the great ability to do martial arts or to think in very uh, critical manner, be philosophical. Uh, some people are great athletes. Part of their uh, nefesh that is deep without them, that helps program every little element. So th- when you see that someone has found their niche, actually, they've actually found their nefesh. They've actually found the part of their, their soul that they, they, they like to do. And so there are people that you'll hear that will finally have found the very niche that they like. And they go, man, I feel like this is what I'm supposed to do all my whole life. All right? I love this. I love pottery. I love whatever. My son's in the military. loves the military, right? That's what he's always wanted to do. Something about his nefesh, that's what he was programmed to do. We want to encourage those people. To do. I think it probably in our culture, we... Uh, sometimes stunt the growth of our children by forcing them into a familiar or a family uh, system that's not fitting of their nefesh. Does that make sense? Oh, everybody in our family, we're all carpenters. And he's like, I don't want to be a carpenter. I want to rob banks. No, I'm just picking. (laughs) Do the best you can. No, I'm just picking. Okay, here we go. Let's go to uh, paragraph two. In addition to all this, However, there is, a, there is in man a much higher spiritual component which is distinct from the animal soul and totally disassociated from it. The higher soul is placed in man only in order to give him a connection to the spiritual roots of creation and is the connection which allows man's deeds to exert great influence upon the creation's roots. Also through the agency of the higher soul, influences from above each man from the creation spiritual roots and from the influences are transmitted to man's animal soul and from there to man's body. Now this sounds a little complicated, but we'll explain in just a moment. The higher soul also is meant to direct the lower one to have the animal soul perform different functions on a higher soul behalf throughout man's lifetime, according to the link that exists between the higher soul and the creation's root. Now, what we're going to find out is that 
you have let's I, I, if, if I'd have thought I'd brought uh, out the whiteboard, but it's too late. But let's do a little imagination. Uh, picture a man or a woman, and in this man, what helps to animate his body is his nefesh, uh, the the nature that God has put in him. That nefesh, without an Without the neshama, without the higher level soul, he's no different than the rest of creation, except for the fact he has a higher intellect. But I'm here to say there are a lot of animals that have a higher intellect. Dolphins, for example, they can communicate for you know miles. They can sharks can sense a drop of blood for a couple of miles. I don't know how they do it. A- animals have these senses that are amazing senses. This is a part of the the nefesh that is in them. And with man's ability to be intellectual and to reason things together, uh, that affects his the nefesh ability, the animal soul, to do amazing things. But without the higher soul to, to direct the lower, what will happen is a corruption. I think that this is the example that we got with the daughters, uh, the sons of, of man marrying, I'm um, the sons of God marrying the daughters of Sons of God marrying the daughters of men, and and uh, pre, uh, the pre-Adamic people, and what we have happened is a breed of individuals who had a nefesh but no neshama. Does that make sense? They had nefesh but didn't have this higher soul. Now we're going to find out that this higher soul is much more complex than just one entity. It says the divine soul is joined to the animal soul, which in turn is joined to most ethereal elements of the blood. In this manner, man's body and his two souls are bound together. What binds man's two souls is the blood. Now, what scripture comes to mind now? Life is in the blood. The life is in the blood. blood. So that means that when we drink, for example, blood of an animal, which we're forbidden to do, then we are actually drinking the flesh of an animal. If we drink the flesh of an animal then that nefesh gets mixed with our nefesh and our higher soul in our blood. When these two, or actually three, mix, you now increase the power of the animal nature. You actually increase the power of the Yetzer Tov. That's a concept that's hard for us to believe. It's hard for us to understand. Huh? Yetzer Hara. Yetzer Hara. Yeah, what did I say? Oh, thank you. Yes, hurrah. Thank you very much. So your evil inclination is enhanced by drinking animal blood. This is why in many cultures there are religious practices in which they poke a cow's juggler vein and drain some of its blood and mix it with milk and drink it. Why? They say it gives them the power of the bull or gives them the power of the, of the cow, which from what we know, it's true. The problem is, is we as higher human beings with a shama and the fesh, that we have the higher soul in us, we're attempting to sort of weaken the animal nature that is within us and control the animal nature. We're trying to put a bit in that animal nature's mouth, and if we're making it stronger, it's going to be hard to wrestle with it. That is why many people that are considered b'nai noach decide to eat kosher meat because it's just... Uh, they understand the ramifications, even though it may not be a sin for them, they realize that it has something spiritually uh, powerful for their lives. It says uh, in paragraph 3, 
as a result of this connection, whereby the divine soul is linked to the body through the animal soul, the divine soul becomes limited in certain respects. Now, why would the divine soul become limited? What, why would you think? Now, think for a second. What, how is the divine soul limited? It's limited by our free will. It's limited by what we do. For example, if we decide to operate from our base nature and choose to ignore the divine soul, then we limit the divine soul's ability to do what it needs to do. And that is the divine soul's mission is to direct the lower soul. While in the body, during man's lifetime, the divine soul is prevented from joining together with spiritual and transcendental entities being held back in association with them. So what does it say? Is that your divine soul, which is your neshama, the one that comes down from heaven, and we understand that the neshama is just the very heel of your complete soul. The rest of it exists in a connection all the way up to heaven. We're going to talk about the different sections that are connected in a moment. But for, for all intents and purposes, the soul that is the, the higher soul that is in us is just a part of it. The rest of that soul extends all the way up into the, into the uh, divine nature of God. The problem is, as long as it's in the body, it's incapable of fully attaching itself to its divine source. Does that make sense? When I say fully attached, meaning it's attached, but it's not fully with. And that's why we understand that when a person dies, there is this cord that is cut. And when the cord is cut, like an umbilical cord, then your higher soul can return. And when the higher soul returns, the lower soul in the body has no, no, nothing to power it, and therefore it dies. So when the body dies, the higher soul leaves. Um, where are we at here? Um, furthermore, while linking the two, man's body and divine soul is affected by what man does with his body. In that, depending on man's deed, the divine soul is either given to partake in the light of God or to be turned away from it, becoming bound to the creation's force of corruption. It is thus, it, it thus rests upon himself whether his soul will partake in the perfection that God desires for it or be dis, uh, uh, dis, uh, distanced from that perfection. It is the divine soul which is supposed to control man, directing and guiding the animal soul, forming its mental images, uh, its, its mental images which are appropriate for it, initiating thoughts and desires according to the direction and toward the divine soul in, uh, uh, in, inclines. Now, let me deal with that for a moment. If you'll remember uh, Sunday, we talked about Lech Lecha, talked about going and returning to yourself or go for yourself. You remember this concept? And we said really all mankind has a mission, and that is we... we we come from the divine source and we go into the womb and we leave the womb and we go find ourselves in the physicality. While in physicality, we're supposed to and return back to the divine source. That's the whole process. It's this circle of life, right? It's this whole circle of life. So when we come into physicality, this is the problem. It is possible for a person to be born into this world never to have had their divine soul fanned. The spark or the flame of the divine soul fanned. So they're really left, if they are not aware of their, their higher soul, 
then what ends up happening is they're completely controlled by their lower soul. All the while having the highest nature, the neshama, connected to them. The neshama wants to help them to get back to where they belong. And the neshama wants them to try to find their place. So without any instruction, without Torah, without the knowledge of God, what happens to this person? He runs from one physical pleasure after another to try to find the source of his beginning. He maybe even studies different world religions, uh, experiments with mind-expanding drugs, God only knows, gets involved with a cult, anything to try to find where their soul belongs. And, you know, I think I mentioned this the other day, you'd be surprised of how many amazing chachams and rabbis that once were not religious. And they started their journey in the 60s, smoking weed and, and hashish on a beach, you know, and traveling the world trying to find Hashem. And the whole time, it was all the time right back where they started, and it was in Torah. Now, mind you, we all have a journey, but this is the journey of the neshama attached to the nefesh trying to find its place. Now, the whole purpose of the neshama, the higher soul, the divine soul, that is in the body, its whole purpose is to finally get you to where your lower soul and your body is, becomes a part of your intellectual and logical process. Does that make sense? The neshama, your highest level, your divine soul, wants to give you the intellectual and logical process to live your life. Why? Because the divine soul says that if you will listen and use the logic of Torah wisdom, if you will listen to the creator of the universe and the guidance that we provide you, you will actually accomplish what it is to lech lecha, to turn or find yourself, to go find yourself. All of us who have been on a journey throughout our lives, some of us not religious, some people in other religions, one day begin to hear the, the pitter-patter of the neshama, the higher soul, going, Hello, I'm deep down in here. I'm really here. You begin to listen to your soul and you're not sure what it is. You at first think it's some passion for a new thing to do. You go after that new thing and then finally you realize that didn't work. And maybe it's a new career. That doesn't work. Maybe it's a new relationship. That doesn't work. Finally, one day you hear, and in my case, the first time I ever heard the Shema. Right? First time, clicked on YouTube and heard the Shema, right? And it's the Shema that's the Shema. You know, it's like really, really high and powerful. I mean, I felt every bump in my body, every hair stand up on edge, and I'm like, what is this? What is this? It took that. It took that for me to start going, okay, there's something else that I need to figure out what it was. And it was a long, arduous journey. It is still very difficult, I have to be honest with you. But wow, once you begin to allow the higher soul to direct the lower level and the human body, that's where peace comes in. That's where peace comes in. Now let me tell you, having a divine soul doesn't make it easier for you to feel like you're holier. Okay, just because you have a divine soul. As a matter of fact, when you start recognizing you have a divine soul, you realize how unholy you are and how incapable you are of actually doing everything you're supposed to do. 
It says, while in the body during a man's lifetime, the divine soul is preventing it from joining together with the spiritual transcendental entities. Wow. That being the case, then we understand that this is a constant struggle. Our, our higher soul, our neshama, always wants to connect to God, and our lower soul wants to be the disobedient child. It wants to do it its way. And I told somebody the other day that if you want to know what your yetzer tov, or yetzer hara, your evil inclination is, go get a dog. It's the prime example of evil inclination. Why? A dog, as long as you're petting it, rubbing its belly, feeding it food, scratching its back, letting it do whatever it wants, jump on the table, eat off your plate, whatever, it's as happy as all get out. But as soon as you start disciplining it, disciplining the dog, all of a sudden his world crashes or her world crashes because it's not in charge any longer. There's a, there's a pet, what they call the dog whisperer, what's his name, Caesar Milan, is that his name? Yeah, the dog whisperer. He says, you cannot let a dog become the pack leader. You're the pack leader. So what Hashem is, what Hashem is telling us in essence and what the Ramchal is intimating in this lecture is do not let your lower soul become the pack leader. You have to let the higher soul, the divine nature of Hashem that is in you, called the Neshama, become the pack leader. Now we're always going to struggle with it. We're always going to tug on the leash when we can. We're always going to do what we can. And, and that is just part of the game. That's part of what we're, we're going to have to deal with. If you're going to own a dog, you're going to have to deal with the disobedience of a dog. And if you're going to have a divine soul, which we all do, you're going to have to deal with making mistakes and fighting against the divine soul. But I want you to know that Hashem knows that. And He knows that you will fight against it at times, and He knows that you will make mistakes, but you have to realize, as long as I return back to who I am, and that is what I'm supposed to be with the divine nature, then I'm achieving what I'm supposed to achieve. It says, this concept also includes the additional soul. We in, we're uh, right, right before uh, paragraph 5 on page 187. It says, this concept also includes the additional soul that arrives on Shabbos and leaves on Shabbos in. Now, what we're talking about is that there are different elements of that higher soul that comes to us. One of them is the function of the higher souls in respect to essence. Uh, it's appropriate to that. This concept also includes the additional soul that arrives on Shabbos and leaves when Shabbos ends. Its coming and going is also detectable in the body. The soul is thus divided into five parts. Now, here we go. Here are the five parts I will give you. Uh, one is called nefesh, which is actually soul. Ruach, which is spirit. The ruach is what Hashem breathed into Adam, right? The neshama is breath. The chaya is living essence. And the yechira is the unique essence of an individual. These are the five parts of that which makes up our soul. Now in paragraph 5. The divine soul, on the level of the nishma, also has experience, experiences related to its nature. Even though it is bound to the body, it still has some access to the spiritual, which is not precluded by its association with the body. The spiritual association of the soul, the nishama, however have only minimal effect on the human mind and its thoughts. 
Our sages teaches us, even though a person does not see something, it's destiny, it's mazel, sees it. What this means is that the matter of the higher world, the spiritual realm, do reach the divine soul, but do not reach man's thoughts and intellect. So the body, re, body's reaction and awareness of them is next to nil. Why is Hitzpadadut personal prayer so important? Because even though we have a divine soul, we don't understand everything. We cannot fully connect to the divine mind of the Creator, and personal prayer is so very important because that's the thing that allows us to somehow tune up with the divine. I might not be able to hear what's going on next door, but I can put a glass up to the wall and take a listen. And it's better to do personal prayer is like putting a glass against the wall of physicality to hear the very essence of the Creator speaking to you. The highest wisdom deemed it appropriate to divide the day into two parts. This is on paragraph 6. One for activity, the other for rest. The daily cycle is thus divided into day and night. Day being the time of activity and night being the time of rest. God also gave living creatures a nature causing him to sleep. So they both, they and their spirits, should rest from their normal activity. At that time, their strength is renewed, both physically and spiritually, and they awake in the morning again ready for their daily task. When man sleeps, his faculties rest, his senses are quiet, his mind is relaxed and hushed. The only thing that continues to function in his imagination is his imagination, and thus conceives the envisions in various images, which we call what? Dreams. Dreams. Some of these images arise from the individual's experience while awake, called defragging the human mind. Others may be a result of the substances used, uh, rises to the brain from food and from the body itself, like eating too much pasta before you go to bed. Such are stimuli from normal dreams. Those are experienced by everyone. God also decrees that the bond between the body and the divine soul should be somewhat loosened while man sleeps. This is why some people have had what they call lucid dreams or out-of-body experiences while they sleep. They, they'll leave their body and float above it. It says, The portion of the soul from the Ruach and above then rise and serve themselves, uh, sever themselves from the body. Only one portion, the Nefesh soul, remains with the lower animal soul. The free portion of the soul can then move out of the spiritual realm wherever they are allowed. They can interact and associate with such spiritual beings as angels who oversee the natural phenomenon, though some angels associated with prophecy and shadim or demons. What these free parts of a person's soul actually will experience while the person sleeps will depend on, the, on a variety of factors. I'm going to stop there because I will need to explain that. And then we'll pick up that part next week. Okay. So let me, let me do a little explaining. When we, when we go to sleep at night, we have a part of our, our soul that is able to depart from the body. It doesn't detach completely, but it departs. And this is why some people... Uh, can attest to having some dreams that are filled with very powerful images that are like deep spiritual or maybe even be horrifying because they're able to see things 
that are in another dimension. Not everybody has this capability. Some people sleep perfectly fine and never have this problem. Other people, however, do have an issue with sleeping and and their soul tends to be more sensitive. It perceives things that other people don't perceive. There's no rhyme or reason. The reason why we, we say that is because it's much higher than ourselves. Much higher than ourselves. With, with that being said, now we understand why some people can have dreams uh, that are, can be horrifying and they don't understand why. They think maybe there's something wrong with me. Maybe, you know, back when you used to be Christians, you used to think the devil was trying to attack you. It's not it at all. It's just that you have the ability. We all, all have this from little children. Little children are probably more sensitive to it than adults. Uh, as adults, we become a little bit more, um, what's the word for it? Desensitized. A good word. Because you'll, you, you'll see something in your dream. And, you know, I, it's funny. I was telling my wife the other, a couple weeks ago, uh, I was asleep and um, I heard my mother say, uh, you need to get up. It's my mother, a blessed memory, has been dead for three years now, two years. And I heard my mother say, blessed memory, uh, you need to get up. It's 619. And I, I was like, uh, I'm thinking, why, why are you telling me to get up? I'm like, in, I'm in a half, like I can't, like, why is she telling me to get up? And it, se- it's, it seems real. And I'm thinking, oh, I'm asleep. I'm dreaming. And then I felt the bed pressed down. And it woke me up, and I thought it was because one of the dogs was trying to get in the bed. Because I felt the bed kind of pressed down. And so I got up and I moved the covers, like thinking the dog was, it's like, it's not that. So I picked up my phone, and it was 619. Now, I can't, can you explain that? I can't explain that. I don't even under, I don't even begin to say what it is. I'm not going to complain, complain anything, but I mean, claim anything. But you know, maybe my neshama was floating around or my soul was floating around that part and it just happened to somehow cross paths. And I heard from my mother and she says, time to get up. It sounded just like her. It sounded just like her. And it was like one of those ways my mother used to say wasn't to come in and wake you up. It was like passing by the door. You need to get up. 619. So who knows? And it doesn't mean that you're more connected spiritually because you have those. Some people have them because they have mental illnesses. And they're having other issues going on, right? There are some people have that, and it's not spiritual at all. It's not angels. They have something going on in, in the in the uh, Mr. Potato Head. So we have to remember that too, because in my lifetime, I've met a lot of people who thought they were very spiritual, and they just needed medication. I'm just being honest with you, folks. We we know that we bumped into them all the time. That concludes this sure. We're going to have part two of. Hold on. Drum roll, please. Part two of the soul's <laughs> uh, the soul and its influence. I'm sorry. We're going to be in chapter three. So, any questions, comments? Now would be the time to uh, share them.